Welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. And as always, I am super excited to dive into a brand new episode today. And today's episode is going to be part two of me walking you through my fitness journey over the past couple of decades, I suppose, really like the past uh, yeah, 15 to 20 years. And uh, if you missed it last week, I did part one where I talked through a, a lot of the you know mistakes and missteps and mishaps that happened really in just about the first decade or so of my fitness journey and how I you know constantly developed a lot of the bad habits, the habits that as a coach now I, try to encourage my clients to avoid based on the way that we build out programs and you know our discussions and check-ins and all that good stuff. Um, I think part of the reason I am able to be a good coach to my clients is that I've made just about every mistake that you could ever possibly imagine. And I talked about a lot of those mistakes in last week's episode. So if you missed part one, um, the title of it is something to the extent of, you know, the, the, darkest period of my fitness journey, uh, go back into the podcast feed, check that out. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can go uh, just to my channel page or into my uh, video podcast playlist and uh, find that episode as well. Because what I'm going to talk about in today's episode is really going to build on what uh, I talked about last week. So last week, it was a lot of those challenges, a lot of those dark moments in my fitness journey um, that uh, led me to uh, essentially a breaking point. And that's where I ended the episode last week was, okay, I had this phase when I ended high school and started college. I had another phase where I uh, left college and started my young professional life. And then I had a third phase where I moved out west uh, to Oregon and really kind of hit rock bottom in terms of my personal health and my personal fitness. Uh, and that's where we left off. I was at this point in my journey where uh, I was desperately trying to get back home, to get out of the West Coast, to get back home so that I could get to a place that would support my wellness more. If nothing else, get me around uh, family and friends, the people that I loved, the place that I loved, and surround myself with things that made me feel like I had purpose again. Um, and so that's where I'm going to pick things up uh, with in today's episode, uh, where we're going to talk about the path moving forward. So what happened when I did move back? How did I move back? And how did that process operate? And then from there, really things started to pick up and, and move in a positive direction. And there still were peaks and valleys, but I started to learn the right way to do things and the right way to piece all of these different elements of fitness and nutrition together to finally start seeing the progress that I was never able to make earlier in the first decade of my fitness journey. And obviously, I mean, it went well enough that, uh, you know, I, I ended up starting a business because you're listening to this podcast and I coach other people and they're successful. So uh, it definitely turned in a positive direction. Uh, but I continued to have some, you know, experiences where I needed to pivot and make sure that I was doing what was going to support my overall health the most. So we're going to dive into that in today's episode and uh, wrap up everything about my fitness journey. I appreciate the amount of feedback I got from part one, uh, last week's episode, it uh, really kind of warmed my heart to get <laughs> some feedback from people who said, yeah, you know what, I, I have experienced things like this and I appreciate uh, you know you opening up on the podcast. It's definitely one of the more uh, emotional episodes I've recorded and no, I did not break down and cry. So if you, <laughs> if you haven't listened to it, you're not going to get that, but uh, it's just uncomfortable looking back and, and, and speaking out loud on a podcast to a lot of people <laughs> about all the stuff you screwed up and all of your insecurities and the way that you kind of ran your your health and your body into the ground. It's not it's not a fun thing to do. So uh, I appreciate the uh, the support uh, that uh, that folks reached out with afterwards. And um, yeah, I'm excited to dive into it today. So we're gonna get into part two here in just a moment, uh, but I can't do that before reminding you that training camp is almost here. I am so 
unbelievably pumped. At the time of releasing this episode, training camp opens in one week. And if you have missed my last month plus of podcast episodes and you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm going to walk you through it here as quickly as I can. I am starting an online fitness training camp. And what that is, is a 90-day challenge for you to build habits that promote long-term health and success with your fitness goals. And it's all, you know, like we're talking about how long it took me to experience success with fitness. The best thing I can do as a coach is help people avoid so many of the mistakes. I mean, I talked about it last week. It took me a decade to figure things out. I wasted 10 years of my life. And part of what made me really emotional last week was that a lot of those years were some of the best years, the best potential I had to make progress with wanting to build muscle and get stronger and change my body composition. Because, you know, when you're in your 20s, you're pretty much at the peak in terms of health and what you can throw at your body and what your body can handle. And, you know, the testosterone you've got flowing through your veins. Uh, I wasted all of that. And so what I really love as a coach now is to be able to help people not make a lot of those mistakes and experience progress more quickly, more efficiently, and more sustainably. So that's what training camp is all built around is I want to set you up with a customized training program. So I'm not going to be throwing a template at you. Everybody that joins and signs up for training camp is going to get their own customized, personalized training program, as well as uh, nutrition strategy to work you toward the goal that you have. Whether it be building muscle, burning fat, uh, whatever the case may be, we're going to put a program together for you to work you in the right direction. And then along the way, I am going to challenge you. It's called a 90-day challenge for a reason. I am going to challenge you to develop habits that truly lead to long-term success. Okay, so we're going to focus on things like your overall consistency with what we're working on. If do you have you know are you hitting your workouts for the week? Are you hitting your daily step counts? Uh, are you tracking your nutrition? Are you doing the fundamental things that are going to help you uh, maintain well make progress in the first place and then maintain that progress long term? I'm going to challenge you to do that to be as consistent as ruthlessly consistent as you possibly can be. Uh, we're going to focus on daily activity in one of our challenges where trying to get you up move more throughout the day. We have so much research on how beneficial uh, daily movement is and and step counts uh, for your overall health and longevity. So we're going to do that, okay? Because that's going to promote long-term success for you. Uh, And then on the nutritional side of things, you know, uh, how much protein are you eating now? Does the protein that you eat support the goals that you have? And can we work you closer to whatever quote unquote optimal would be for you? I'm going to challenge you to do that because I think one of the things that most people miss in a fitness pursuit, and this is for losing weight, burning body fat, or building muscle, is you're just not eating enough protein. So we're going to focus on that and make sure that you're getting into the right ballpark uh, and actively trying to work on the composition of your meals, work on the composition of your diet, and set your, your nutrition up in a way that's going to, once again, support your overall health and longevity and maintenance of the progress that you make. I don't want anybody that I work with to make progress for a short period of time and then lose all that progress because they didn't learn anything along the way. That's what so many templates do for you. You could search for free programs online. You could do what your friend or your relative did to see progress, but that's not specific to you, which means you may struggle and you probably will struggle to make the progress that you want if you do a cookie cutter program. We're going to make it specific to you, and I'm going to encourage you to develop a lot of the habits along the way that are going to promote long-term success, okay? And at the end of training camp, there will be some spots open for folks, so if you have a great time in training camp and you want to continue with one-on-one online coaching, that opportunity will be available when coaching applications open up, when applications open up for training camp, which is going to be August 7th. I will be offering 50% off the first month of training camp to everybody that listens to my podcast. So when you submit your application, make sure in your application that you note, hey, I heard about this on your podcast. I would love to get that 50% discount and you will get 50% off 
your first month. What's more, like I'm going to be giving stuff away during this challenge. I'm going to be giving away prizes to people during the monthly challenges for people that do a really good job. And these challenges are going to be kind of twofold. I'm going to be challenging you to do the specific thing. So there's going to be like the data on how you did, but then I'm also going to be checking in with you on a weekly basis to find out how you handled the challenge, how you found creative ways to do more of that thing on a regular basis. And then afterwards, okay, how do you plan to incorporate this into your daily lifestyle moving forward? So it's going to be part data, but then also part like your experience. And I'm going to handpick the challenge winners based on who I think did the best job and also learned the most. So it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be giving away free home gym equipment. I also have some supplements from the company that I work with, Legion. I'm going to be giving away free supplements to people throughout the challenges as well. That's going to be a lot of fun. And along the way, in addition to these challenges, I'm going to be doing Q&As specifically only for people who sign up in training camp. So if you have questions along the way, I will be compiling those and releasing private Q&A videos to everybody that signed up for training camp so that you can get your questions answered and hear other people's questions get answered because that's going to help you learn even more and that's going to help you build your knowledge base uh, and again, really make this a beneficial process for you now and into the future. So I'm unbelievably excited uh, to get that all started. There is a link in the show notes to this episode to my website, with my article about training camp, all the details and what you can expect when you sign up. Uh, And while you're on my website, make sure you find out where the coaching application page is because on August 7th, uh, you will be able to apply for training camp. And when you do that, I will reach out to you and we'll start talking about uh, how it all works and, and what we might build for you with a program. So I said this last week, I'm going to say it again. However you remember things, make sure you remember August 7th, okay? If you have a calendar in your house, write it down. If you keep track of things on your phone, I feel like most people do that nowadays, put it in your phone, schedule an alert, put in that alert, sign up for Chris Gates' training camp, put the URL to my website, chrisgatesfitness.com, in that alert on your phone, and let's get ready to have a blast. This is just like... The reason it's called training camp is because it's just like what your favorite team does when they get ready for a season. You all probably know I'm a huge football fan. If you watch these video episodes, you see football players behind me, you see a Steelers helmet behind me, and we may not root for the same team. That's okay. I still love you. But listen, when your favorite team shows up right around this same time of year to report to training camp, what are they doing? They're going there to get in shape for the season. They're putting game plans and strategies in place to make sure that they know what they need to do on a week-to-week basis to be successful. We are going to do the exact same thing together. We're going to do the exact same thing together, set you up with a program that works for you, and then navigate things each week along the way while building healthy habits and uh, putting you in a position to succeed. So I want to go undefeated this season. We're about to go into fall, which is the toughest time of year, the toughest season of the year uh, for people to maintain their progress with health and fitness. It's a challenge, right? It is a it is a challenge. So that's why I put a challenge together to help you take steps forward as we get into September and school starts for the kids and they have more activities going on. And then there's football season and there's tailgates and watch parties and get togethers and road trips. And then Thanksgiving is here. And then Christmas is here. And then New Year's is here. It all happens quickly. And it's hard to manage things when all of that is going on, which is why most people gain weight this time of year. Most people see their fitness progress go in the opposite direction. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen with you. It's not going to happen with you because you're going to sign up for training camp and we're going to kick ass this fall. I'm so excited. I hope you can tell. Uh, But yeah, make sure August 7th is marked down on your calendar. And with that, I'm ready to dive into part two of uh, my fitness journey. I hope you find this beneficial. Let's go. Quickly, before I dive into you know the, the timeline and, and talking about how things improved for me, I, I do want to reflect just a little bit on what I talked about last week. Because when I edited the podcast episode, I listened back to a lot, I mean, everything that I was saying, and I noticed there were some memories that were popping into my head that I hadn't remembered 
in a really long time. I had never thought about, but as I was listening to myself talk about some of my biggest struggles, it started to like jog my memory and bring to the forefront of my mind a lot of additional uh, not so happy moments. And it's funny because I said this a lot last week, a lot of these moments, it didn't seem like that big of a deal when I was in it. But now looking back, I'm just like, what was that kid? What was that guy thinking? What was he doing? How did he not notice that he had some really disordered habits? And, and I, I, I always feel hesitant to say that I had an eating disorder because I know that there, there's that carries a lot of weight. And it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. An eating disorder is not just like this one thing. It is, there's levels to it. And who you are and what you've experienced could lead you to do different things than what I did. But I do think at the end of the day, I had an eating disorder. And I, and I don't like saying that because I think I also don't like saying that. I don't like admitting that. But I, I, I do think that I had an eating disorder based on the way that I managed things because I was so on the extremes when I talked about like basically starving myself to then getting to the point where I was binging. Like neither of those two things are healthy and they're pretty disordered. Um, but so some things just started popping into my mind. Like when I was in college, I had, got, had this memory of uh, we would go out to drink. And when you're in college, like we would go out binge drinking, right? We would just get absolutely hammered. Um, and then on the way home, I have this memory of one night, uh, my, my apartment was right next to a Sheets gas station. And we normally would like just go there, get food after the bars and go home and crush it and then fall asleep. Uh, but then like I started refusing to go to Sheets I would go home and like microwave some vegetables and eat them before going to bed. And like how backwards is that? That like I spent the whole night pummeling my body with alcohol, which is a toxin and so many calories that go along with alcohol. But then I drew the line at like the late night snack and and that maybe the healthy thing to do in that situation would be to get something substantial in my system and also like have spent time with my friends in that moment, but no, I isolated myself and uh, I ate vegetables because I thought that was that was gonna help. Like that's it's ridiculous. I also had this memory of um, I worked in radio as an intern for a while, and after we did a promotional event, uh, we stopped at a Taco Bell, and I had not eaten all day. This was back when I was doing the the starving yourself. Uh, diet uh, because I thought I could only eat protein and, and vegetables and fat was bad and carbs were bad and sugar was bad. Uh, we went to Taco Bell because that's what everybody wanted. And I sat there at the table and ate nothing while everybody else ate some food. And inside I was starving, but I didn't want them to see me eat that because I thought in my mind, like I was the health and fitness person. So I shouldn't do that. I don't want them to see me like that. Uh, I should only eat these things that I believe are healthy. And again, at the time, what I thought was healthy was like so over the top restrictive. Um, that was another really like unsettling memory uh, that that surfaced and, and bubbled up when I was, uh, you know, listening to myself talk through part one. I had a friend, you know, on the training side of things in college once tell me, and he was jacked. He was a big jacked dude, like looked how I wanted to look. And he told me how he trained total body three to four times a week. And I was like vehemently against that idea. And he encouraged me to do it. And I was like, no way, man. Like you can't train the same muscle group four times a week. That's overtraining. Uh, you're never going to build muscle. Your body can't recover from that. You have to rest at least 48 hours for each muscle group. Like all these, all these counter arguments to what he was saying, despite the fact that like he obviously knew some of what he was doing based on, you know, the, the physique that he had built and based on what he looked like was what I wanted to look like. Uh, just ridiculous. Right. Um, but I had those, those bad habits baked into my mind and I was so, uh, stubborn about it that I refused to, I refused to listen. And that could have been a moment where I really unlocked some progress for myself, but it didn't happen. Uh, I remember wearing smaller and smaller and smaller clothing to try and have it like hug my body so that I would appear muscular to other people. Because if like my shirt sleeve, my t-shirt, if it, if it hugged my bicep, then people would think I had big arms. 
I guess. I don't know. Uh, like just that's, that's insecurity right there, right? That's a, that's a bit disordered behavior. Um, I remember even my parents expressing this one bubbled up that they did not want me to develop any type of disordered habits and, and, and go to the extremes. And I told them it would never happen and that they didn't have anything to worry about. And the reality of it is when they voiced that to me, they were probably seeing how I was acting and trying to help me. But at the time I thought like, oh, I'm putting off this image to everybody that I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm the best at this stuff. Uh, so I'll just tell them it's fine. And, and I believed it was fine. And, uh, looking back, I was actually living with disordered habits at that very moment. And they were trying to help me. So I had this friend that tried to help me. I had my parents that tried to help me. Um, I would walk around like flexing my abs all day because I thought like it would impress people. I would walk around with my shoulders back because it kind of made like my traps and my shoulders look bigger. I was unbelievably insecure, okay? So again, if you missed part one, uh, it's important for you to listen to that just to understand that like these things are, if you've dealt with any of these uh, that I have too. I know how you felt or how you do feel. Um, and you can, you can get a long ways away from this stuff and, uh, really improve your health. Uh, it doesn't signal the end. You don't have to live like this, but I lived like this for a really long time. I constantly thought other people cared way more about me and what I thought I stood for than they actually did. And because of that, I act very, I acted very irrationally. I developed severely disordered habits and uh, it negatively impacted my health. So lots of uh, tough memories that have continued to, to bubble up as I've, uh, you know, ever since I recorded part one. But uh, the good thing is we can now start to move on to some happier memories that I have. And uh, I ended last week's episode talking about when that pivot started to happen, when things started to change for me in a way that I would be able to make progress and start moving forward and start becoming more happier and healthier and stronger. And so that's where I want to go now. Let's start to dive into the next phase of my fitness journey, which was coming back home to my home to work on my wellness and then make a promise to myself, uh, actually a set of promises to myself that I was not going to back out on and I was finally going to do everything that I could in the most logical way that I could to start making progress. All right, so I eventually received that job at the University of Pittsburgh that I mentioned in part one. I, I spent all kinds of time out west as things got really bad, uh, applying for jobs. I, I was looking for anything in higher education since that's what I, I was working in higher education out West. I was searching for anything in that same field, in that same industry, uh, within driving distance of home, just so I could get closer to the people that I loved. And, uh, I got a job in the best place possible, the the one place, if I could pick, if I could handpick any individual place, it would have been the University of Pittsburgh. And I got an opportunity to come back home and work at Pitt. And uh, I, for the rest of my life, will be unbelievably grateful for that opportunity because of what it did for my health and my wellness. And like looking at it now, you know, I'm, I'm living in Pittsburgh. I'm just down the road from my parents. I have lots of friends that live in town. I have obviously met a, my wife. We have kids. We have another one on the way at the time of recording this episode. Uh, everything about my life has improved dramatically. And uh, it started with that opportunity to come back home and, and get that job at Pitt. So I, that happened in the summer of 2013. And I will be forever grateful for that opportunity uh, because... You know, Pitt has always been part of my life and something that I'm very passionate about. Pitt football, Pitt sports. Um, I spent a lot of time as a kid on that campus because my dad went there. And so he would always take us to campus for the games and stuff. And um, it had always held a special place in my heart because of that. And, and then it, it basically <laughs> saved my life, which. Uh, <coughs> which is emotional to think about, but uh, it basically did. It basically uh, saved me. And um, like I said, I'm forever grateful for that. So once I came back, 
you know, settle, to spend some time settling back into things. There's so much like when you move across the country, there's so much involved in that. Um, so just like getting back home and then trying to find a place to live, furnishing that place to live, getting all my stuff back from the West Coast. I spent some time living in my parents' house before I moved into into an apartment. So there was a decent amount of time there in like that first year or so where I was just trying to get my feet back underneath me. Uh, and then once I did, you know, I I really made a conscious decision, and this is at the age of 27 now, so nine years ago, I made a conscious decision that it was time to put up or shut up. Like, dude, you, 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 you've made all these mistakes. You've done all these stupid things. And it's becoming a bit more clear as to like how these things are not contributing to what you say you want for your health and your fitness. It's time to just, I mean, fuck, it's time to fucking stop. Like start doing what you say you want to do. And so I took some time to think about that and like, okay, if I'm back home, I went through all of this stuff. I went all the way to the other side of the country and back in a year. Uh, I need to capitalize on this because I was just given an unbelievable opportunity and it's time to put up or shut up. So I made some promises to myself. And the first one was that I would just commit to being ruthlessly consistent Um, because, you know, at this point in time, now we're talking about 2013, 2014, a lot of the information is becoming better in terms of fitness and building muscle and how to do it. There's more information. There's more quality information. And, uh, you know, it was more accessible. So you're able to find a lot of resources on YouTube now. And, and uh, you know, like the Google searches were getting better. It wasn't only fitness magazines at the, the local grocery store. So I began to figure out, you know, as I was finding some of these experts uh, in the field. And, you know, some of the people I, I, I credit are like, Eric Helms and Lane Norton and Brad Schoenfeld, like these research experts who are actually doing the work to help guide people like me and like you who want to change our health and fitness in some way. Uh, I began to like start to notice trends where so many people were saying it's all about reps. Like you, and I don't mean repetitions, like, oh, what's the best rep range? That's not what I mean. What I mean is, I started to understand that the more they were saying was, if you are in this, you need to be in it for the long haul. And the people who have experienced the most progress are the people who have been doing it for five, eight, 10, 15 years. And so that helped me reframe really what I had thought to that point, which was like, what? how can I get to that point the quickest? And that led me to on to go to the extremes. So I said, you know what, like, I don't care how long this takes. I'm just going to commit to being ruthlessly consistent. I'm going to show up to the gym. I'm going to put the work in and I'm going to figure out how to build a diet for myself that was going to support the goals that I said I have. So I invested a lot of my free time since again, like I had done all this moving around the country. I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't have really anything outside of my job that was occupying my time. I decided to invest all of that free time into researching exactly how to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish, Um, which was, again, my goals have always been to build muscle and get stronger while improving my health. So I started going to the YMCA uh, just down the hill. I would go there, show up same days, same times, no excuses, okay? And that didn't mean every day. I had rest days, so don't, don't get it twisted. Um, but, uh, I started getting consistent and I also jumped on a strength program. So for the first time I jumped on an actual program, not a DVD, not Beachbody, not P90X, not some, uh, you know, workout I saw in men's health that a bodybuilder said he did, but he really didn't actually do. No, I had heard so much good stuff about Jim Wendler's five, three, one strength training program that I dove into that, uh, because all I had heard was really good feedback on getting stronger. Like everybody that does this program seems to get stronger. Uh, And so I dove into 531 and I ran that for a really long time and I worked on my squat and my bench press and my deadlift. And these are compound barbell exercises that I had really never consistently done before. So it it took some time to get used to those movements and those movement patterns. Uh, But it was a kickoff that really kind of fascinated me about the idea of programming because I started to make progress with it. And I noticed how like, 
I mean, it's called 5-3-1 because you're doing five reps one week and then three reps the next time and then one rep the next time and then you deload. And then you repeat that process again, but the numbers change. Your numbers go up because you got a little bit stronger. Now you can do a little bit more. And it just fascinated me that these little variables, tweaking these little variables and little percentages can help you get stronger over an extended period of time. It fascinated me. So I dug in deeper, started researching more, and, and I continued to dedicate that free time uh, to, to learning about this stuff. And, and it wasn't just strength training either. Now, on the diet side of things, I learned about the concept of flexible dieting, okay? And that helped me learn about macros. What are carbs and protein and fat and how do they support the goals that I have and how can they work me in the right direction? And uh, I was able to finally ditch that mindset that I had of like, well, fat is bad because it says fat and it's going to make me build fat. And uh, carbs actually aren't bad. Uh, Carbs can support my training performance. And holy shit, uh, having enough fat is important because you can... Uh, you, you need to have uh, a certain amount of fat in your diet to support your hormonal health and stuff like that. I learned how important all of these things are and it helped me take a much more uh, sustainable and, and, and reasonable approach to, to nutrition. I learned about how uh, calorie deficit is how you lose body fat. And then the first time I did a cut, I was blown away at how easy it was because I was just managing my calories appropriately. I learned about a calorie surplus for building muscle and protein. And then finally, I was able to add weight to my body in like an efficient manner, not balloon up 10 pounds uh, within a couple of weeks because I'm just binging and eating on Chipotle and beer all the time. Um, And so then because I knew about a deficit and a surplus, I also understood what maintenance meant. Um, And as I learned these things over the course of two to three years, I made more consistent progress than I ever had before. And I changed my body. And, uh, you know, it really made me start thinking about the future because I, again, I committed to being ruthlessly consistent and I was like, okay, well, how can I continue to learn more about this stuff? How can I continue to, to make progress and, and use my resources, uh, to my, to, to, to the best of my ability, uh, to do the things that, that I want to do. And I was working at the university of Pittsburgh and it just so happened to occur on me like, oh, if I want to get another degree, they would pay for it or the vast majority of it, at least and looked into Pitt's programs. They had a health and fitness, a master's degree in health and fitness. And I was like, okay, this is a no freaking brainer. So I decided that's what I'm gonna do. And I started getting prepared for that. And as part of getting prepared for that, I actually started a website as well, just to document my experiences with this stuff. Cause I thought, if I can start sharing what I've done, there's gotta be other people out there who have been confused about this stuff and, and didn't know what to do and are feeling lost. I sure as hell know that I have been lost and I'm starting to figure it out. So why not document it along the way and try and help some other people? Uh, and so I started a, a website uh, called Holistic Fitness Training, which admittedly is the worst name, I think, of any fitness venture that has ever occurred. But <laughs> I think my thought process was like, you have to do everything in a certain way that like they all support each other. So it's like a holistic approach to, to fitness. Uh, it's a great concept, terrible name. Uh, but again, like, you know, my, my background has been in journalism. I mentioned that in the last episode. Uh, so I knew how to write. I knew how to communicate to people. And it seemed like this was the best way to, to package things together and, and try to help people. So uh, despite the terrible name, it still ended up being somewhat popular and it gained some traction. Uh, and those blogs, you know, in writing the blogs, I first was just documenting what I was doing. And then I started to kind of write on more uh, overarching concepts about some of the principles that, that I'm focused on, which led me to research things even more. And that started to set me up for success for eventually pursuing my, my master's degree. So uh, when I... It was about, you know, I guess just a few months before I I actually enrolled and, and started my master's degree, um, I got to a point, another point, another transition point where I'm like, okay, this this website is, is helping people. And, and if I'm helping people and I'm about to go to grad school and learn even more about this stuff, then I'm going to be able to help people even better and more efficiently and more effectively than I am now. And I already am now. So what if I start a business? What if I make this my job? And I just, as I learn more throughout my master's degree pursuit, I can apply that to the people that I'm helping. And uh, 
it was a scary thought. It was a scary thought. Obviously, I did it because I'm here and you're listening. <laughs> so obviously, I did it. But it was kind of wild, right? To go from being so unbelievably lost three to four years ago to now you know, figuring out enough that I felt confident enough to help other people. And I think that's how a lot of coaches get started. You, you, you help yourself make the progress. And it's so exciting to you that you were able to do that, that all you want to do is help other people. And that's, I think, how a lot of people get into personal training uh, and coaching. Uh, so it was, it was a bit of a wild thought. It was, it was wild that I got to that place that quickly. And yes, three to four years is quick for this stuff. Um, but like I, I had a job, I was working on myself a lot. I was writing blogs for this website and that was going to be a, con- a, a considerable amount of additional work that I was thinking about introducing into my daily and weekly routine. So I talked to my wife about it and she was getting ready to start grad school too. Uh, and, and, uh, she was enrolling at Pitt. She was getting her MBA. So we were both going to do this together. We wanted to get it done before we started to have a family because that just seemed like the best way to do it. We didn't want to have kids and also be trying to, uh, study and get our masters. And, and I've worked with clients who have done that and I don't know how they, I don't know how they do it. But, uh, yeah, we were getting married. Um, and, uh, uh, so I guess that's an important point at that time we were not where married. I say, like, I talked to my wife about it at that time. She was my fiance. So we were also planning on getting married, which was going to start the first semester of grad school. So toss that into everything else, right? There was a lot of stuff on my plate. Um, and she was supportive. She's supportive of everything I do. I think at the same time, she had some questions. Maybe there was a little bit of apprehension, a little bit of concern. Um, but, uh, you know, we talked about it and I was like, who cares? Like if I open the business and nobody signs up and nobody wants to work with me at first, who cares? That's okay. I'll just... You know, the, the goal is not to have a successful business the day that I start grad school. It's to have a successful business when I'm done with grad school. Um, so nevertheless, I, I went through it. I launched my business and, I, you know, I had a handful of people sign up at the start. And, and uh, interestingly enough, two of the people that signed up at the very start of my business back then, which was six years ago now, two of those people I'm still working with today, which is unbelievably cool. Um, so I went through it with that. I launched my business, started grad school. We got married and, uh, really the rest is history. I I did exactly what I wanted to do. So remember I, I said, like, I wanted to commit to being ruthlessly consistent, right? Ruthlessly consistent with these things that I never could do the right way consistently before. And that, that thought process just trickled down to all of these other things that I have, I wanted to do after that. So I wanted to get into grad school. I wanted to start a business I just decided with each thing that I truly want to do, I'm going to be ruthlessly consistent about it because it's not about like success in a month. It's about understanding how to apply yourself consistently to something that you find to be true or that brings you fulfillment or that you truly believe in. And then you do that over and over and over and over and over again. And you get better at it because you rep it. You do more reps of that thing. You improve at it. And in this case, then I was able to help more and more and more and more people. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the rest has been history. That has helped me continue to be better in my own fitness journey, learn more about the things that are going to help me, uh, but then also learn how to help my clients. And uh, it, it's just been all such a, a positive experience. And it goes back to that promise that I made to myself of being ruthlessly consistent. And that's something, you know, what, what I want to talk about before we wrap this episode up is lessons that I've learned from all of these experiences that I've walked you through in this episode and the previous episode, that's one of them, okay? That's one of them. It's just committing to being consistent is going to uh, take you so far and and having like that long-term mindset uh, where you're not focused on how do I get there tomorrow, but how can I just do the things that support the goal that I have? And it'll take care of itself in time, however long it takes. It, it However long it takes is however long it takes. Um, and uh, I think it's a really important trait. But as we come to present day, uh, something that I, I have wanted to recap just a little bit is how I've applied, you know, basically all of these mindsets and thought processes and experiences and lessons learned uh, into the most recent transformation that I've gone through, which was a body recomposition process uh, that lasted uh, more than 500 days. So talk about patience, right? It's not about how to get there tomorrow. It's about how to get there and you'll get there when you get there. Um, I went on a 
a, a journey to change the composition of my health and my body again. And this time, um, it was because I had experienced a lot of progress with strength, with building muscle and building strength. And if you know anything about doing that, you know that it involves being in a calorie deficit, or excuse me, be, it involves being in a calorie surplus uh, for an extended period of time. And so I had spent most of four to five years in a surplus, which meant in addition to building a considerable amount of muscle and strength, I also put on a considerable amount of excess body fat that I just didn't need to be carrying anymore. And it wasn't anything that was negatively impacting my health, but I know enough that like I could maintain all the progress that I had built at a lighter body weight and just be more comfortable at that lighter body weight. And and because of that, you know, things like my my heart and my organs wouldn't have to work quite as hard and that's good for your overall health. So, I started this most recent journey uh, and it began at the beginning of 2022, okay? Uh, I started that journey at around 190 pounds. And uh, that's a little bit that's a little bit heavy. That's a little bit heavy for my frame. I'm somewhere between five foot ten and five foot eleven. Um, and I wanted to get to, like I said, I wanted to get to a healthier body weight and honestly never really touched the 190s again. I don't I don't really desire to get back to that that place again. Health is my primary goal. And at this time, you know, so if we're talking about the beginning of 2022, I already have one daughter and in January of 2022, our second child, our second daughter arrived. So really starting to think about like health and longevity for my family and what's best not only for me, but for them so that I can be around as long as possible. So I set out 2022 to get to that place where I can still have these goals. I still want to build muscle. I still want to get stronger, but I want to do it in the lens of overall health. Um, and so what I did is I actually, I hired, hired a coach, I hired a coach and and, and I broke this into really four stages, uh, and stage one of this body recomposition process was, um, hiring a coach because with our second child coming, uh, it was going to be crazy for a little while. Uh, you know, uh, having one kid seems like the biggest transformation ever until you have a second. (laughs) And, uh, then you realize, man, one was easy. Um, and we're actually now, uh, getting ready for our third, uh, baby girl to arrive. So now I'm like thinking, oh, two's not so bad, but three is going to be terrifying. Uh, so I hired a coach because I was just like, I am trying to manage, uh, you know, my, my, my job, my business, my family, my, fitness goals and uh, all of my clients' programs. I just don't want to have to worry about my own programming. So I hired a coach, had him handle that for me, and we started off 2022 in just a maintenance phase. January to May was a maintenance phase because the baby was coming, then the baby was born, then the baby was here, and uh, if you know anything about having a baby, the first three to six months of your life, it just is totally unpredictable. So uh, he helped me through that, and then we got to you know the May, the middle to end of May, uh, where we went into stage two, which was fat loss. So I went on a cut that summer of 2022, uh, lost I think about 15 to 16 pounds of body fat. So I got down into the 170s, which was uh, awesome. That went till about August 2022. And then for me, I felt like, okay, we're in more of a routine. Well, I'm in a better place. I think I can handle my own programming again. And during that period of time, I actually started diving back into the research and getting really motivated to set up my own program. So uh, I, I took the took over the reins again of programming and setting things up for myself. Um, and uh, in that time frame, it's kind of similar to where we are right now. Uh, football season starts back up, and I knew I had like a lot of road trips and games I wanted to go to, and like cutting during all of that just it was going to take away from the fun. So went back into a maintenance phase for stage three, and that was an extended maintenance phase. So basically, from like end of August 2022 all the way until the spring of 2023. I was at maintenance and I did a really good job of maintaining my body weight in the mid 170s until this past March where after my birthday, my birthday is on March 18th, after my birthday, I went into another fat loss phase and that went from March 2023 to May 2023 where 
I was aggressively pursuing fat loss um, and I lost another right around 10 pounds of body fat to get to the point where I was now weighing in the mid 160s, uh, but I was actually just as if not stronger than I was at 190 pounds. Uh, I had more muscle than I did at 190 pounds and it took over 500 days to get there, but the process was unbelievably beneficial and successful, and I'm in a much better place now with my overall health and fitness goals than I was at that point in time. And at that point in time, when I was 190, I was still in a good place, but I'm in a better place now. And I gave myself time. It was a process. It was a long process, but I understood that it didn't matter how long it took to get there. I just wanted to get there. And I've said that a few times. I want you to internalize that. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there. You just need to get there. And there's no rush. You do not have to rush. There is no deadline. There is no deadline. There are going to be ups and downs, and you might as well just let it happen, okay? Don't give yourself an arbitrary date by which you need to achieve whatever the goal is that you want to achieve. Just let it happen. Do the right things. Focus on daily wins, and you will get there. And that's what happened. And now, uh, ever since then, I'm, I'm, I'm back in like a... I guess it's it's maintenance to a very slight surplus, and I've been training hard, building muscle, doing uh, what makes me the most fulfilled in the gym, which has been a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to run that up until the baby arrives here. It's due uh, beginning of September. And at that point, I'll transition into a new phase of my fitness journey uh, where I will <laughs> undoubtedly be training a little bit less for a while. And that's okay because I, I've learned so much along the way about the ways to manage these things that it's all going to you know, be great. I can maintain for a while until the timing is right to uh, try and attack it aggressively again. And then when that time rolls around, I will do that. I promise you that much. All right. So let's wrap up this episode and this two-part series on my fitness journey with some of the lessons that I've learned along the way and ones that I think are really beneficial for just about anyone and everyone who truly wants to make progress uh, and do it in the lens of uh, better health for the long term. And, and I think any of these can apply to you regardless of what you're trying to do with your fitness right now. The first of which is to become a little bit obsessed. And the word obsessed sounds bad, but I promise you with this, it's not. Uh, this is your health that we're talking about, right? It's okay to be obsessed with your health because your health is all you have. And if you don't have your health, you won't be on this earth for as long as you could be. And that sounds shitty, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. So it's good to be obsessed with wanting to live a longer, healthier life. So doing things like losing body fat and building muscle is, I mean, we have loads of research evidence and data to show us that those two things, when you do them, promote more longevity. So it's okay to become obsessed with that. Uh, this is, I want to use a metaphor here that I didn't make up, but so many people have said it. It's not considered like uh, a bad habit or unhealthy to check your bank account every day and manage your finances and know like, what spending you're doing and where it's coming from and what you know you you should do and shouldn't do. And why is that looked at as okay when then some people will say like, oh, well, tracking your, your nutrition is disordered. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be that focused on your diet. Your diet is like the genesis of your health. Absolutely, it's okay to do that if it's going to help you live a healthier life. Uh, and same thing with your training. It's okay to be a little bit obsessed about your body because your body is your vessel through this life and through this world, okay? So be okay with becoming a little bit obsessed. And when you become a little bit obsessed, you're going to inherently dive deeper into what matters the most and learn what works best for you. And that leads me to my second point is to never stop learning with this stuff. It sounds cliche, right? Sounds cliche, but it's absolutely true. Uh, I'm still to this day listening to podcasts, reading articles, following the best minds in the space of fitness and nutrition. And that goes for people I really agree with and some people that I don't, because I think it's important to see all aspects of the discussion. Um, the fundamental principles 
they don't change most of the time, but some of the details do. So the more that you can stay up on what's happening, uh, it's going to help you continue to navigate this fitness journey as effectively as you possibly can. It's an ever-evolving space. Um, and you know, some examples of things happening right now are uh, like long muscle lengths and le- lengthened partials for building muscle. Uh, there's a lot of research coming out that shows maybe the most beneficial part of each rep that you do when you're lifting weights is the part where your muscle is stretched the most. We didn't know that five years ago. We know that now. And if you can stay up to date on some of these trends that are happening, uh, it can help you continue to make those little tweaks to the little variables that are going to continue to push your progress forward. Because the longer you're consistent with this, it is important to be ruthlessly consistent. The problem is that the more you're consistent, the more progress you make, the harder it gets to continue making progress at the same rate you did when you started. You will not keep making progress at that rate. You need to continue working harder and continue to inspect those variables and look at the details of your program to find the best way to continue making progress. So it it takes more effort. It absolutely does. Um, Number three, do not get impatient. Do your best to not be impatient. And I've, I've harped on this quite a bit, but if you want better results for the long term, better health, more muscle, less fat for the long term, then you can't get wrapped up in those day-to-day results because uh, this is for the long term. You just said that. This is all for the long term. So why are you focused on some deadline that you set for yourself if you want to live this way forever? If you want to live this way forever, you got to do this stuff forever. So find ways to make it happen, okay? Do not get impatient because that's not the point of any of this. Uh, And and that leads me to the next one. Okay, so point number four, you're never finished. You are never finished. Don't go into this expecting like you'll hit a point where then you can stop working because you made all the progress you wanted and you'll just keep it forever. That's not how it works. Once you make progress, it's exponentially easier to maintain it, but you still have to put the work in, okay? So it's never over. You're never going to be, quote, done. Uh, It doesn't work like that. And my last point, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And this is what I'm talking about with like fad diets, new, sexy, flashy, exotic workout programs, fat-burning ab workouts, Stairmaster cardio or fasted cardio or incline treadmill walking that is the hack to burn fat off your body. It's all bullshit, okay? It's all bullshit. None of that stuff is real. Those are the things that will lead you all the way back to the beginning of part one of this series of podcast episodes where I was operating in the extremes. If you do those things, you will ingrain bad habits in yourself that lead you to work in the extremes and the extremes are never sustainable. They're never going to get you the long-term progress that you want. So uh, I hope I hope you can internalize that and uh, I hope along the way I can help you develop some sustainable habits. But that's it. It's going to wrap it up. Uh, I, uh, again, like I said in last week's episode, I, I really hope that you found this beneficial and, and took something away from it. Uh, I, I am not a fan of talking about myself <laughs> for hours, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think what I've experienced is at least in some ways similar to what other people have experienced. And I'm in a real, I'm really, really happy with things. I'm really, really happy across the board. And I want that for everybody. And I think if you can hear some of the experiences that I had and understand that you're going to be okay, and the the key is actually probably doing less or, or operating more towards the middle, um, then, then this series of episodes was, was worth it. And I hope that you got at least a little nugget or two out of it. So uh, thank you so much for listening. If you watched on YouTube, thank you for watching. And uh, next time you hear from me on the podcast applications for training camp will be open. So I'm super excited for that. I hope you are too. Um, And uh, if you like this episode, leave a star, five-star rating, leave a review, make sure you're subscribed. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you again in the next one. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.